good morning on this lovely day. I told the earlier congregation that um, we had spent a good part of yesterday traveling around and looking for animals. We saw more animals this morning coming in this driveway than we did all day yesterday. So, um, welcome, welcome home to a place where the deer and the antelope do seem to play. From Psalm number one, I want to read part of that in, in a different translation. And it has to do with how we perceive who we are healthily, but also realistically. If you would be happy, never walk with the wicked, never stand with sinners, never sit among cynics, but delight in the Lord's teaching and study it night and day. Like trees planted by streams of water in all they do and prosper. Now, I don't know about you, but I can fall short of that many, many times. It's just a reality. The scriptures are not there to condemn us. They are there to encourage us to move forward and get over so much of the introspection that says, Lord, I am not worthy, I am not worthy, I am not worthy. One of, um, one of my professors said, um, you know, I hear that, Lord, I am not worthy, and we say that so often. And then I, something comes into my mind Lord, I'm not worthy, but I don't know anybody else more worthy. <laughs> and that just, that just kind of undoes it all. <laughs> and the parable, the, 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 the situation with Jesus teaching on the road is a perfect example of that. He takes a child. Children were, not, were, were, were no people, remember. They, they, they did not... Bar mitzvah and bat mitzvahs um, were, were a thing of recognizing that they had reached an age where they had value. We forget that, dear friends. We honor our children. We love our children. And, but in Jesus' day, it was a very different thing. It's not that they didn't love them. It's not that they didn't honor them. But they had no status in society. And so Jesus is taking a child and says, one of these is, is equal. Today's parable is hard for us to understand because it forces us to abandon the limited notion that we often have, that I often have, of justice for one far more radical the realization of a grace that is so abundant, so boundless, that one need no longer keep score. It is God's graciousness that is being heralded here and honored. God's generosity revealed, not in the distribution of wages, but in the returning again and again to the extended invitation of the kingdom of God. And we can see part of the kingdom of God through that window. But there's another side to that kingdom of God. And it's the kingdom of God that many of us 
try to run away from. But there is grace enough for everybody, deserving or not. I received a letter this past week from our presiding bishop, my dear friend, and she was asking for funds that would help meet the needs of the migrants who are fleeing. And so I will indeed add funds to that for that help. But it's not just about throwing money at things like that. It's about our hearts being moved so that we can see a way in which we too can move forward. There is a way of escaping God's will while believing we're actually doing it. It consists in confusing the reality of things with the plane and the thought and the idea of things. You know, you can get so much in your head that you begin thinking, gee, didn't I do that or did I do that? It's that kind of thing that happens. It is possible to think very profoundly about something to taste the thing, to make as much of it in one's mind, and yet to live wholly in a very different way. And that's what Jesus is talking about with the disciples today. That's what he's talking about. This over and over and over again, we keep moving on from where we are. Because if we only stay where we are, dear friends, we don't get very far. I love cartoons. I love the funnies. Calvin and Hobbes has been one of my favorites for years. Calvin picked up the truth of our insecurities and how society addresses them. Calvin's mom and dad are in the kitchen where dad is holding a clutch of envelopes and magazines and all the other kinds of mail that still come in to the house. And I never understand why we get so much, but we do. And mom says, any good mail today? Dad replies, not really. Here's a you're not covering the cost of all these mailings charity request. <laughs> never heard of email, I guess. Handling her magazine, handing her her magazines, you got a you're not attractive enough woman's magazine with an article on swimsuits and minimizing all your bodily forms. <laughs> he continues to sort the pile. Here's here are some you're not stylish enough or ostentation enough catalogs. Coincidentally, an invitation to go deeper into debt from the credit card company. <laughs> He's still sorting, and here's our news magazine featuring the equipment I ought to have. Yikes, the price. Dad scratches his head with a stare in his eyes. Why do I get the feeling that society is trying to make us discontent? in everything we do and insecure about who we are. <coughs> then the last frame, Calvin. Calvin runs in, hey mom, I just saw a bunch of products on TV and I don't, 
and I didn't know it, I was so excited. And now I desperately need them. <laughs> Advertising is an interesting thing, dear friend. It's no wonder the disciples were silent when asked, what are we arguing about on the way? To argue with another about who is the greatest is only to reveal the depths of our own insecurities and the dire need to submit ourselves, therefore, to God. And here the words of instruction and promise draw near to God and God will draw near to you. The point that's being made here bears heavily on our understanding of salvation in the Christian community. I want you to hear that salvation in the Christian community. Christian salvation is about the community. It's not, I'm going to go out and get myself saved. It's about how do I live a life that can allow me to be wholesome and myself, that allows me to have my own integrity and live with others who also can do that and that we can respect the dignity of one another and move on. Christian salvation is a corporate affair. The ultimate reference point of mystical experience and the whole quest of spiritual perfection has to be community itself. Now, the mystics understood that. Some of my professors understood that. And some of the people that I still read after all these years speak more deeply to me now. Christianity is not a matter of individuals moving forward toward God. It is individuals moving toward each other while the whole process enfolds God. That's, dear friends, is part of the mystery of who we are called to be. Some of you know the word ecclesia. It's a wonderful word. I love to throw, throw that word out anytime I want to appear like I really know what I'm speaking about. <laughs> it's the church, ecclesia, the body, the body of Christ. It's the assembly of God's people. We today are the church here. We are the ecclesia. We are the people hewn out of the rock, dug out of the quarry, and all the saints before us, known and unknown, and all the saints after us, known and unknown, will remember that they too are part of that faith community. Community is at the heart of the gospel. And that's one of the things that Jesus was trying to convey in today's gospel. A number of years ago, I came across a, um, an article, and I thought it was rather funny, actually. And I'm going to share not the article, but the substance of it. Um, a sales representative who was um, 
at the very height of his career and doing very well, top salesman in the company, uh, the company decided to give the top 20 uh, a, a bonus and to take them on a five-day cruise, an ocean cruise. Now, I would have liked to have been in that company and I would have worked hard to get that cruise. He was number one. And they all got on the ship and he saw his, his stateroom and they were all together, different sides, you know how they do that. And um, he goes up to the person who had organized all this and said, I am really upset. I am the top person here and everybody else who are below me and some of them have better staterooms. And they said, well, why? How, how do you pick that? Well, I'm overlooking the dock and they're overlooking the ocean and we haven't even moved yet. <laughs> I'm glad you got it. <laughs> what is it about that need that we have of entitlement? We want to compare what I desire. What are my rights? What should I have? Me. And as soon as we do that, we know that there is something not right. But I hope that fella in that story on the cruise ship Understand, understands now, or understood soon after they exited the port, that all the views were the same. Because they're at sea. We, dear friends, are at sea. We're not in a port, we're not closed in, we're not suffocating. We are being opened up. This, this past week, Kathy, my wife, and, and our friends went to the Wildlife Museum. And um, I'm always very taken with the, with the Wildlife Museum. It, it's, it's beautiful, and the exhibits are wonderful. And they had an exhibit there from, um, from an, on, on the um, signs of the zodiac um, and um, the various animals represented. And, and I, I looked to see who the artist was, and his name reminded me of a Chinese sage that, that I have liked uh, for a number of years. Wu Wee Wu. And he is a very, a very profound person. And I want to close with this very, very brief, um, very, very brief poem. I'll do it in English, and if you want to hear it in Chinese, I'll tell you where you can go. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you unhappy? Because 99.9% .9 of what you think and everything you do is for yourself. And there isn't one. And there isn't one. Because if we isolate and there is only one self, we have not only missed the cause of the gospel, 
we've missed the cause of Jesus laying down his life, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. May God call us into that kingdom, and may God stretch us and embrace us as we move forward in our faith. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you please stand?